so glad to have you today. We start a brand new series entitled Space on Your Face. And uh, we're excited about it. <laughs> Did my guy pop up here? Oh, man, I love him. Space on your face. We gotta look alike, don't we? No. Okay. All right. So, um, yes, um, t- this, this series is all about cultivating joy through elevating God in your heart. Cultivating joy through elevating God in your, in your heart. And so, how many of us, show of hands, we need a little bit more joy in our lives? Okay, about 30% of us. Cool. Um, Y'all wait, because the 9 o'clock is like, <laughs> how many of us, we need a little bit more joy? Let's try that again in our lives. There it is. We need some more joy in our lives. I know I, know I certainly do. And so this message is entitled, The Dynamic of Joy. We're a note-taking church. We believe that note-takers are history makers. So um, go ahead and take a note. And... Um, Get your, you know, your pen pat ready and all that stuff. I'll start out here. Here it is. I'm going to make a statement. This is your first note of the day. Here it is. Happiness is, is external. Sorry. Happiness is external. Which means that happiness is determined by what's going on around us. Um, even if you look at the word happy, you get there happenings. So essentially put, if it's not happening, I am not happy. Whatever that thing may be, it it could be, uh, I don't know, you're waiting on an answer from someone, you're looking for a job, I don't know what it is, maybe you didn't get the answer you wanted, so that can determine your level of happiness in that season or in that moment. And so happiness is external, joy, here it is, is internal, go ahead and write that down. So joy is determined by what's going on in us. It's the exact opposite. So happiness is around us. Joy is what's going on in us. And really, joy is a work of God's spirit in our lives, in our hearts. Joy is actually this wellspring of internal bliss, and it can only come from the spirit of God. Uh, the Bible actually says that it is a fruit or the result of the Spirit of God in your life. A fruit is an outcome or the result. And so what I want to do is I want to help us to understand the dynamic of joy. When we say dynamic, what we mean is progress within a process. So, so we got to understand that uh, joy is a process. Um, a few weeks ago, Jesus said in Matthew 5, we read where he said, work for peace. It was the message, kingdom people. So peace doesn't just come, right? Peace in society doesn't just come with people who have different opinions and and different thoughts and different desires. Peace has to be worked for. Let's sit down. Let's talk. Let's pray together. Let's agree to disagree. So Jesus even understands that peace has to be worked for. Joy is the same way. Joy just doesn't come. It has to be worked for. And this is the dynamic of joy. You have two agents that, that really fight for, your, fight for your joy. One, the Bible says that we, are, we have flesh. Write that down, flesh. So we have flesh. And the flesh, which is our human nature or sin nature, the scripture teaches, the flesh opposes the spirit. That's what the Bible teaches. 
And the flesh influences us to point our affection towards things that are not of God. Our affection and our attention towards things that are not of God. Not necessarily evil, Ed, but they're just not necessarily of God. So the flesh will say, go for the comfort. Go for the money. Go for the this. Go for the that. And it just kind of gets darker and darker and darker. Now, the other dynamic, the other agent is the spirit of God. So you got the flesh warring against the spirit. And that's why you got to work for it. The spirit of God favors God. And the spirit influences our affection and our attention and our worship towards God. So one draws us away from God. The other pushes us towards trusting God and believing God and leaning into God when things aren't going our way. Simply put, go ahead and write this down. Your level of joy is determined by what you worship. Your level of joy is determined by what you worship. And I get it. Most, most of us are, are believers in here. Um, and wherever you are, that's where you are. We're glad you're in the room. We're so glad you're in church. You know, we actually started this church for, yes, church folk, but also unchurched folk. So wherever you are in your walk with Jesus is, is, is fine with us. But most of us think we worship God. But let me, let me tell you, in any given moment of any given day, you can be worshiping something that is not God. And I'll tell you how you know what you're worshiping. Here it is. Worship is this. Worship is what gets your mind's attention and your heart's affection. That's worship. Worship is what gets your mind's attention and your heart's affection. Simple question. What's getting the most of your time right now? That's what you're worshiping. That's what you're worshiping. So if you feel like you're lacking joy and you're lacking some happiness, you're lacking peace, it's because you're, all of that is locked into what your attention is on. It's locked in. It can't get out. It can't get out. What is getting your mind's attention? What's getting your heart's affection? If it's not Christ, if it's not God, chances are that's where your joy is, is locked in. And so what I've come to find out is this. If you're going to experience greater joy, you got to elevate the Lord, elevate the Lord yeah. above everything, yes. everything in your life. you got to elevate him above it all. Right. Elevate him. Right. Elevate him. And so joy is this. Go ahead and write this down. Joy is the awareness of God's favor on your life. That's what joy is. It's an awareness. It's not a feeling Par se, it's an awareness that in whatever circumstance I'm in, I got the favor of God on me. It's a confident assurance that God is with you. That's, what, that's why the most joyous letter in the scripture is the letter to the Philippian church written by Paul, who in that present moment, physically, he was in chains and shackles. He, he was tied foot and, and arm to a guard behind a prison. But he wrote his most joyous letter because inside there was something going on outside that was terrible. He had no reason to have joy. But on the inside, he was he was good. He was good. He had that joy. He had that full confidence that I still have the favor of God on my life. I'm just going to tell you, if you're going to do anything great, one of the spiritual fruits that you must allow the spirit to cultivate in your life is is joy. Because because all great people go through hard things. 
and, and where a lot of people get, you'll never hear, you'll never hear about a lot, of, a lot of people. Where a lot of people don't make it is they have the potential, they have the talent, they have all the gifts and all the tools, but they just didn't have that joy component as they were going through the tough times. And so Paul, Paul had that joy. As a matter of fact, in Philippians 4, 4, we don't have the verse, but he said, rejoice. And I say it again, rejoice always. How was team night last night, y'all? Come on, put your hands together. That thing was fun. Woo! I didn't know. Where's Sean at? See in the back? That joker got some moves, boy. Moonwalking and shaking his butt. If you're going to shake your booty, it should be in church. Yes, got it in there. That's why I need you to come back next week. You'll understand what I mean. Because I'm going to build on this and talk about how dancing and clapping and why I got to be so loud in there. Well, the, the, God says that's how you're supposed to worship me and praise me. If you're going to dance anywhere, dance in the house of God, get loose. Put your hands together. I don't want icicles in the seat at Highlight Church. One of my favorite preachers said, polar bears in the pulpit, icicles in the seat. Stiff. Oh. One of my other favorite preachers, he he was raised in the church. He said, uh, he asked his dad growing up, why is church so boring? And his dad used to tell him, son, we are God's frozen chosen. No, no, we're not. We're going to move. We're going we're gonna to move. We're going to move. Y'all know I'd normally be running around this thing, but this. All right, let me stay. Okay, here, we, here it is. I wanna, for, I wanna, I'm going to go down first, but then I'm going to take us up, okay? So if you want to decrease your joy in this season, it's going to be very practical. So a lot of you are going to look for verses. I'm, I just want to speak to you as a person. Is that okay? Can we do that? All right, cool. If you want to decrease your joy in the season, too much of any of these three things will do it. Number one, the news. Told you. Where is that in the Bible? Well, the Bible talks about gossip. The news is glorified gossip. It was a, it was a few weeks ago. Uh, I had a great day. Phenomenal. Phenomenal day. I don't know why. I just remember I just felt great about it. Got home. And uh, I rarely do this because I don't watch a lot of TV. Got home and uh, grabbed my remote control, sat on our couch. Bloop. Turned on TV. And listen, I, I, I saw the TV go from 6.01 p.m. to 6.04 p.m. Three minutes flat. My joy. It's almost as if my man's laughing because he understands this. It's almost as if my joy was a baseball in the spirit. And I opened the window and just threw it out the window. Three minutes flat. If you want to decrease your joy in this season, turn on the news. And I want to help us to understand something. There's a difference between being informed, here it is, and in fear. You got you to gotta be disciplined with what you're exposing yourself to. One is investing information. I needed to know that. Thank you. Click. I'm gone. But when it gets to the fear mongering, you know, 
25,000, 38,000, 40,000, 100,000. It's like, man, every moment. And it's just magnifying fear. Let me tell you something. Scientifically, and I want to tell you, the media is not on our side. Scientifically, you have a, a, a component in your brain that's called the amygdala. And it is, predis- it, it is predisposed to receive negative information. It is Velcro to negativity. So much so, thank you, Chris. So much so to the point where it takes you 0.3 milliseconds to process negative information. But it takes you 15 seconds to process positive information. The media knows this. This is why everything on the media is negative. Everything. What we're doing here and what we did for the city during the summer, did it make the news? Because it won't sell. God forbid, if I were to ever have a moral failing, it would be on every network in the city. Because that's what sells. So if you want your joy to be zapped in this season, if you want to remain angry and upset and, and, and depressed, watch the news. Number two, too much social media. Is this real? I ain't opened this bad boy yet. But it's pouring out. Social media. See, here it is. Social media is a tool. And, and tools can be used to improve things. If used irresponsibly, they go from improving to imprisoning. If used irresponsibly, right? If, if, if you're using it to connect and, and to, you know, that's great. But if you're using it to, man, how many likes did I get? Did anyone comment? You know, and, and, and you know, you get on it for a few minutes and a few minutes turns into five minutes, five turns into 10, 10 turns into 20 an hour, and before you know it, at the end of the day, you've been on social media for eight hours. So social media is two things. It's a time killer, and it's a thought robber. So now the Spirit of God can't get anything creative to you. Think about it. These characters did not have social media. How did Jesus walk on water? How did Peter walk on water? How did David kill Goliath? Because their focus was all, God, God had direct access to their hearts, to their minds, to their spirits, to their souls. He had direct, he didn't have to work. Oh, well, I wanted to tell them something, but I'll come back tomorrow because they're going to be on it. They're going to get tired. Shoulders are going to be tight. Brain's going to be hurting. They're going to go to bed. I'll get back to, come on, put your, is this good? God has to work through so much. It's a time killer and a thought robber. All right, y'all ready? Number three, comparison. It'll, it'll kill your joy. Now, now, there is healthy comparison. I do think you should compare. I, I compare, but I compare and I get advice. So this is where I'm at. What do you think? You know what I mean? Then there's the unhealthy comparison of wanting something that doesn't belong to you and that God has not planned for you to have. It's that comparing your marriage to another marriage. I wish, I wish my wife was like that guy's wife. How do you know how she is, first of all? You ain't went home with her. 
Door? Okay. <laughs> Man, my home, right? Wow, their home is beautiful. My home is so, you know, the car, their situation, that comparison. What it does, here it is, here it is, is comparison kills your awareness of God's favor on your life. It kills that awareness that, that what God has for you is for you. It kills that awareness. It, it kills that, that thought. It kills that faith that God has something great for you. But you're so stuck on what they have. So what it's doing is it's actually a distraction, and you can't even zone in on the Lord, and the Lord will never be able to reveal what he has for you because you're so focused on what they have. And, and let me tell you this. Unless you're willing to go through what they went through to get what they have, don't want what they have. Go through what you've gone through. Get through what he's called you to get through. And, you know, that comparison. Anyone? I do. I struggle with it. You don't have to raise your hand. I'll be the only one. I took communion, so my heart's right with the Lord. I I struggle with comparison. I do. But... There's a lot of freedom in it. It's a lot of freedom when you know that, that God has you in a process, and it's a beautiful process. You know, and if he's promised you long life, you know, it just only gets better. You get stronger. You get wiser. You get more creative. You see more of the hand of God move in your life. There's no reason for me to compare. You know, I got my own plans. I got my own goals. I can learn from you, but I don't have to feel so down about where I am because I feel as though you're further in life. God is not hiding anything from you. God is not keeping anything from you. There's enough of God. There's enough blessing to go, to go around. And it keeps us like this. No space on our face. All right, three ways to increase joy. Here it is. Number one, gratitude. Let's turn the corner. Gratitude. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul wrote this. Be thankful in all circumstances. Someone say all. all. Yes. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, a lot of people ask, uh, no, no, let me, let me ask. Do we want to know what the will of God is? Show of hands. Show of hands. Show of hands. Cool, cool. A lot of people ask, do I move to this city? Do I date this person? Do I take this job? I don't know. I don't know about that. But I do know about this. Now, what I teach is, is that God has revealed his will here. And what God has just told us is this, is to be thankful in all circumstances. Here it is. This is the key. Got to watch the language. Not for all circumstances. It's hard to be thankful for a bad diagnosis. It's hard. You don't thank God for that. You thank him in it. Because as you thank him in it, you, you, what you're saying is, God, you're working. And God, you're good. And God, you have the power to bring me out of this. So you remain thankful in it. Another reason God says be thankful in all circumstances is because he knows that's where your joy is locked in at. While you're going through the tough time, the joy component, that internal bliss is found in your thankfulness during the tough situation. So the most important question you can ask yourself today in this very moment throughout the week when you're having a tough week, when you're having a tough year, is this. Go ahead and write this down. What am I thankful for? What are you thankful for? Because we complain a lot. 
I do. And our joy is tied up in our complaints. Right? What, what are you thankful for? Go ahead and think, think about that because we're going to do this group exercise. You ready? Everyone stand up. No, I'm playing. Go outside. <laughs> I might do that one day. I'm crazy enough to go outside and knock on everyone's door and tell them to smile. We're going to do this. Here it is. I want you to say, I am thankful for, do that three times, and at the end, put three different persons or or things. I am thankful for three times. We're going to do it together on the count of three out loud. Here it is on the count of three. One, two, three. I am thankful for my wife. I am thankful for my children. I am thankful for my church. We're going to do it again. You ready? Oh, yeah, this is good. It's good. Here it is. Three, Three things on the count of three. One, two, three. I am thankful for Jesus. I am thankful for the beautiful weather. I am thankful for D.C. Yes. Wow. What I'm seeing on most of your faces, I love it. I really can't see it because you got on masks, but I, I see it in your eyes. These masks. Jesus, I'm getting trapped again. Holy Spirit, help me. Okay, all right. He won. He won. He won. Uh Holy Spirit, okay. I got a joke. Ah, Holy Spirit's helping me. Okay, here it is. This is what I've seen. It's a great joke. I just think I'll, I'll offend some people, but anyway. Ah, he's winning. Okay, cool. He's winning. Okay, cool. This is what I've seen. I saw your cheeks rise, and I saw your eyes light up. I'm here to tell you, any given moment of the day, if you can find it within yourself, say, God, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful for opportunity. I'm thankful for the breath, you know, that I breathe, the air that I breathe. I'm thankful, God, that you've given me another day. It, 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 it increase, it increase your joy. It increase your joy. Here it is. Your gratitude helps you to identify just how richly blessed you are. I'm telling you, if, if you would write a list of the things that you're grateful for, you'd probably run out of space on your page. And so every night, personally, I want to put you up on this. I make it a point to, to jot down at least two things that I'm thankful for. So I want to go to bed. Oh, yeah, God is good. God is working. God is faithful. Tomorrow is yes, 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 yes. Number two, vision. You need vision to increase your joy. Here it is, Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, someone say no vision, vision. the people are unrestrained. So this is what this means here. When there's no clear direction or, or understanding of where you're going in the future, it says that the people kind of live kind of lackluster, kind of go at it day by day, same complaints, same worries, same struggles, same, same this, same that. Where there is no vision, the people live unrestrained, right? And it says this here. It says, but happy, someone say happy, Happy. is he who keeps the law. So now the law here is not do's and don'ts. The law here translated in the Hebrew is direction. Happy is he or she who stays with the vision, who stays in the direction that God has revealed for, 
for their lives, for their lives. So, so you need, the reason a lot of society is lacking vision is because people don't know where they're going. There's no ambition. There's no greater desire. There's nothing greater that they're shooting for. I want to encourage you, get a vision for your life. And you'll probably ask me, well, you'll probably say, well, God hasn't revealed anything to me. What I'll say is he's put it, the Bible says that he's put the desires in your heart. So what I want to encourage you to do, the most supernatural thing that you can do probably in this season is write down what you want to do. What do you want to do? Do you foresee a healthy family, financial freedom, spiritual growth, greater level of education? Go get your master's. Go get your Ph.D. Do you want to get in shape? You need vision for your life. If not, you're just going to. It's Monday. It's Tuesday. Lord, I can't wait to get off. On the way to work, you can't wait to get off. You not even got there yet. Have you not noticed that? And that stuff puts on stress. And it put it, you know, unless you got some genetic issues, which we, you know, we all have a thing. It'll put on weight. It'll put on that depression because there's just nothing that you're shooting after. So don't, listen, don't wait on God to give it to you. Just go after something. Come on. Don't wait on God. It's not that spiritual. It's just not. You, you, need, you need a target. You need a target. A, a few key thoughts on vision, because this stuff increases your, your joy. Here it is. God, write this down. God sends vision from heaven. He'll put something on your heart that'll push you for it. Vision reveals purpose. Now you know why you're around. Now you know why you exist. That, that, that springs joy in my heart. I know every single day I got to wake up because there's someone out there that doesn't know that God loves them. There's a leader who wants to go to the next level. There's an organization we have to, we got to partner with. There are two boys that are depending on their dad to get up in the morning. I know I got purpose and that, that springs up joy in my heart. I'm here for God given, God ordained reason. And so are you. That brings you joy. You can't stay in bed when you have a purpose. You can't stay in bed when you're changing lives. You're going somewhere. That's that joy component. You'll feel weak and feel cold. You know, you sound crazy. And you'll come and preach because there's a purpose. It's no, I got up happy this morning. Blew my nose a thousand times, but I'm like, Lord, I got to get there. Come on, get a vision. The vision here, let's write this down. It gives a picture of the end. A picture, it, it will happen is what the Lord told the prophet Habakkuk. It will happen. Though it tarries, it will happen. This is why I'm telling you to write it. We thought we were going to start Highlight Church in 2015. We started it in 2016. I had to sit back. And believe God for it. And it happened. And we're here. I said joy component. What happens when what you expected gets put on pause? Do you just... No, you, you keep a smile on your face. Say, you know, it's, it just slowed down a little bit. But we're still heading in that direction. That's joy. We're going somewhere. 
A vision, here it is, anchors and moves you forward during tough times. A vision anchors you and moves you forward during tough times. I love it. This room is, this room is full. I remember Shady Grove before COVID, full rooms. 9 a.m. was catching up with the, 9.30 was catching up with the 11. They were getting full. Christmas was amazing. We were gonna, we we're gonna have, we we're gonna throw four experiences this year and break a thousand before all the crap came in. So now COVID pops in, watch me. You're in a new building and you come to this room. There are 20 people in here. It's enough to make you quit. And some of y'all know if I were to hand you this mic and say, hey, preach the rest of the sermon, you. I didn't read my Bible this week, Pastor. Got nothing in you. Nothing that can just overflow. Jeremiah 29, 11. Oh, uh, God got a plan. Pastor, you know what I mean? Ain't got nothing. Go get it. Read your word. Anyway, I say all that to say this. I'm going to bring it back around. Is that public speaking is more fear than death itself. Just think of that, man. Like, full rooms. You come back. You can hear a rat looking ice. During your preaching. It was so few people in here those first few Sundays. You could hear that rat licking, licking ice during worship. And you know how loud worship is. Doo, doo. Doo, doo, doo. What is that? You know what I'm saying? But it, it doesn't matter if it's two people or 200 in here. Because when you have a vision, you'll preach like it's 2,000. You'll serve like it's 2,000 because of that joy. That joy that you're going somewhere. You need vision. You need vision. Hallelujah. Happy are they who are guided. This is what this verse is saying. Happy are they who are guided by God's vision for their lives. Listen, don't, don't wait on the Lord. Just write it down. Just write it down and work on it. It might take 10 years, 15 years, but the vision is the thing that keeps you growing and keeps you. Don't get too comfortable in the Lord. Some of us have been walking with Jesus for 20, 30, 40 years. There's still more. There's a reason you're still alive. The third way to increase your joy is through worship. I need you to come next week. This is the intro for next week, worship. It says this here in Romans 12, 1 through 2. This is Paul. So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Someone say bodies. Because of all he has done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Someone say worship. So, so worship is a lifestyle. This, all, while great, it's secondary. This, this is expressive lifestyle. This is what I'm talking about next week. Why, why what's in here has to become this and, and this and, 
And, you know, it it really shows as you grow in the Lord, as your joy in the Lord grows, it's expressed. I'm getting into next week. But anyway, verse two, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know. Someone say no. God's will for you, which is good, pleasing and perfect. This is the thing. Write this down. The gifts aren't greater than the giver. They're not greater. We all know we just finished up election season, at least we think. How many of you know it was, it was a tense week? And whether your candidate got in or not, you you still had to wake up and face the same challenges, right? Some of us, it's a gift to have a new president, whatever. It was given by God. It's a gift to have a financial breakthrough. It's a gift to have healing. It's a gift to have a home. It's all good. But, but I, I, I was taught this a long time ago. Your joy is not in seeking the hand of God. Because there are seasons where God does this. Your joy is found in seeking the face of God. So what Paul is saying is, he's saying, he's saying, dedicate all of your life to the Lord. All, every single detail of your life, dedicate it to Jesus. And therein, is your joy found? It, it's in knowing him. It's in knowing that he's good and he's loving and he is kind and he is forgiving and he is always there. I, I was telling my team this this week. I, I said, I, we're going to do a, a series called Scary Prayers. I got to get back to this personally. I'm just having a moment. I used to pray things like, Lord, take it all away. I don't want any of it. I just want you. And my heart would be at so much peace. Because it was in that moment where I wasn't afraid to lose temporary things. I had the presence of an eternal God in my heart. And that will, that'll make some space on your face every single day when you know God is for you you know God is with you put your hands together for the word of God today hallelujah wow take it all let's pray father we love you we thank you thank you God you're so good thank you for a good Sunday thank you for your blessings Lord your presence Father God, if there's anyone in here who needs to know you as their Savior, Lord, I pray that you would draw them to you. And I pray that you would do a new thing in their hearts. And I pray that they would know just how much you love them through sending your son. That be you and you're, you're saying, you know, I, I, need to, I need to give my life to God. I want to be in a personal relationship with God. 
What I want to do is I want to invite you into a prayer. It is by faith that you're saved. Just simply say this and believe it in your heart and you shall be saved. Repeat this after me. Father God, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died and rose from the grave. And I put my faith in that gospel, in that good news. God, I turn from my old life and I ask that you would give me new life. Father, I pray for the gift of your spirit in my heart. That you'll allow the joy of new life to overflow all the days of my life. Lord, I love you and I give you praise. I am yours in Jesus' name. Amen.